Hello everyone, welcome to episode 1007 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves 10 is the biggest show yet, taking place September 22nd through the 25th at Metro, Smart Bar, Riviera Theatre, and La Nocturne. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for Darkest Before Dawn, a nonprofit providing resources and support for workers in the nightlife industry. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week, we're chatting with Friday Metro performer Isaac Howley. This is Empathy Test.
Back in um, 2013, uh, my best friend Adam and I uh, were having a conversation about the movie Drive uh, with Ryan Gosling, which I think was kind of responsible for making synthesizers cool again um, for a, a sort of whole new generation of, of musicians and bands. We were just talking about how much we uh, loved the film and also the soundtrack basically adam was like hey we could we could make a track like that really easily we've been working separately in music and had often sort of uh, experimented with uh, ways of working together but nothing had really clicked and uh, yeah just on that kind of fateful day we sat down at the computer and um, took one of my old songs i'd never really finished and created this synth-driven track, which became known as Losing Touch and is still our biggest track to date. I think the original version has had over 3 million streams on Spotify and uh, the remastered version has had like another 2 million or something. So uh, here we are eight years later, really still trying to um, beat the success of that original track. Adam wasn't much of a performer, really. He was more of a, you know, studio musician. And it was really me that was kind of the driving force in turning um, what was just a studio project into a into a live band. And Adam sort of played ball for a while uh, and, you know, joined me um, on uh, a few international shows. And then uh, when we were asked to do our first European tour, for two weeks he decided that being in a tour bus for two weeks away from his normal life was actually something that he really didn't want to do and so i basically put out an ad on gumtree which we is kind of like craigslist uh, for a keyboard player and a drummer and we met chrissy who um has been our drummer for um about six years um and a guy called jacob who played keys for a few years yeah uh, eight years later three albums uh, multiple live lineup changes um, but it's basically still me and Adam uh, making music and here we are about to play Cold Waves in America in in September. Did you have anyone mentoring you or giving you steps or was it all just trial by fire figure it out as you go along? You know, we, we, we've had a lot, a lot of people, you know, giving us a, advice and helping us along the way. I mean, I say we've, we've never had a record deal. Um, our second EP was released by Stars and Letters Records in New York, which was basically like a one-man label run by Mark Roberts, who has his own band, We Are Temporary. And um, he basically released our second EP and I, I learned a lot, um, you know, about how to um, how to do a release, um, how to set it up, how to, you know, get PR and and, and basically run run a release. We then released an, a remix EP and sort of midway through that, uh, Mark decided that he actually, I, I think, sort of inspired by the the early success that we'd had, was like, oh, I'm going to make an album myself now, and gave us the rights, all the rights to our to our EP back again. 
and then sort of from that point on it was just like well now we know how to do it let's let's just keep doing it ourselves but you know you, you learn a lot from other bands on tour and um our booking our german booking agent jan has been um been very helpful uh we've been lucky to meet some really good people and somehow not get screwed over yet <laughs> Your music was involved in some sort of Bill Murray exhibition. I was not aware that this existed, but now I am very interested in seeing it. Is that still around? Tell me about, a little bit about that. Well, I mean, that, was, that again was one of those really random things that happened in, in our f- first year. A guy in San Francisco decided to put on a, a Bill Murray exhibition. I guess it was sort of around the time when he when Bill Murray was suddenly becoming this cult figure yeah he did a, a, a Bill Murray themed art exhibition in San Francisco and just decided to use our track Kira Lee which ha- has this kind of lyric in it that goes uh, we're only a short time here to be ourselves so it's kind of like an anthem for living life to the full, being yourself kind of thing. So I, I guess he kind of figured that worked well with um, with the vibe of Bill Murray. Um, and, and he started using the track on the, on the official website of this exhibition, which then gained a lot of um, hype around the world, really. And we just found our track on there. And then we were like, hey, like, uh, it's not really cool that you didn't ask us. And then he was very apologetic and gave us credits and stuff. You know, we, we didn't sort of try and sue him or, or anything like that. We were just like, you know, you can use the song. It's great. We're happy you're using it, but please credit us. And then that really worked in our favor. Kind of being being nice and polite works out sometimes. <laughs> How did you get the attention of Boy George? <laughs> yeah, the, the, these random connections just keep coming. Well, that happened a bit later. There's a guy called Rusty Egan who is quite um, a vocal champion of the um, the synth scene in the UK. He was the drummer in a band called The Rich Kids and Visage, or probably a few others in the eighties. Um, and he's now a DJ. And he has um, really championed our music. Uh, I think it was like 2017 or 18 or something, not long after our two debut albums came out because we just decided to release two at once. Boy, George like listened to Rusty Egan's show and he heard one of the songs from one of the albums. And then he tweeted it and said, this is a musical orgasm. <laughs> and I remember like being in an airport about to fly somewhere and seeing it and just like feeling like I just kind of slipped in a, into a, a, another reality. It was this like sort of live, living music legend, uh, Boy George, like tweeting that our song was a musical orgasm. And, and also to, um, you know, I I sort of just you know, bit the bullet and sent him a, a direct message on, on Twitter and, it, and had a short conversation with the guy, um, uh, which was just really weird, yeah.
Stephen said, why not write something that's not so deep and meaningful? But the truth can be so tragic and beautiful.
So you talked about it a little bit, but I want to go back to that. So you you self-released Losing Touch in 2014, and then you decided to re-release it in 2017 along with your Safe From Harm album. So tell me about what, what the differences were between the 2014 and the 2017 and, and deciding to put out two albums in the same year, which it seems like very few acts, I would say almost nobody does that anymore. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we'd had a record label, they would have never let us do that. Um, so, and it, I mean, it was a slightly odd decision, but it made sense in our heads. <laughs> like I said, we self-released our first EP, which was called Losing Touch. And then we very quickly, like within two months of putting that up, out or something we had interest from stars and letters records in new york uh which we were very excited about so we quickly recorded another four songs they wanted us to put uh or mark wanted us to wanted to release our debut album but we were just like well we don't really feel like we have the audience yet to release an album we made him accept (laughs) just releasing another ep which was Throwing Stones, which came out sort of the end of 2014. Then the next year, we kind of decided to bide our time and release a remix EP um, featuring songs from the Throwing Stones EP. And during that process, Mark decided he didn't have time to um, manage our releases anymore, gave us our rights back. And then suddenly we kind of found ourselves in this really weird situation where it was just like, well, now we don't have a record label and we still don't feel like, you know, this is the right time to release an album. Luckily we were saved by, as I mentioned before, Jan Winterfeld, our um, German uh, booking agent who put us on a support tour with Mesh, who been around for quite a bit longer than us uh synth pop band from bristol in england and uh and then that kind of really boosted our number of fans because it was a great a great match uh with mesh a lot of their fans then then became our fans and we were sort of playing from anything to like 600 to um you know well over a thousand at some of the shows selling loads of our EPs on CDs because they still buy CDs in Germany, which is great for bands. <laughs> yeah, uh, we released a new single um, and then we released a couple more and then we did a crowdfunder and, and sort of by that point, we really had the fan base to be able to release an album. We did this crowdfunder and like it was funded in like a few hours or something. And, and essentially what happened was we were like, well, we felt like all of the EP tracks were album quality tracks. There wasn't anything that we wanted to just throw by the wayside. So it was like uh, we could put together an album with all those songs and, and then a couple of unreleased ones and release it as our debut album. But everyone that's been following us for the last four years have heard all of these songs before. So it's not going to be, you know, a particularly exciting debut album meanwhile we've almost got enough tracks for a second one so we just quickly made some more and just released two albums at once yeah I mean someone called it career suicide (laughs) at the time which I really really enjoyed Um, but you know in, in our minds it made perfectly perfect sense 
Um, we could have held back Safe From Harm, the kind of second album for another year, but that just seemed like kind of cheating our fans that had, you know, already been been following us for four years. That's why we did it. And we were also confident that we would be able to write lots more great songs because we didn't have a record label as well, breathing down our necks. We didn't really have that fear that our, our career might only be two albums or three albums. And that's sort of something that's continued to now. You know, it's like, well, we're not going to get dropped by the record label for not making the album that they want or because our tra- trajectory has you know plateaued or anything we just make the music when we feel inspired and you know when we've got enough material so that's why we did it and then now three years later in 2020 we we released a third album (laughs) which one reviewer described as our debut album because the first two were a collection of previously released songs (laughs) and I was like oh obviously no one has heard of singles anymore. <laughs> I mean, Daniel um, from Aesthetic Perfection uh, this year released a single every month and now he's put it together on an album uh, that people can buy. And it's probably, a, you know, quite a good, quite a good strategy, really, if you can, re- if you can keep that pace up. But the way myself and Adam um, work is, is not really like that. It's more, I write a load of songs and then Adam just like attacks them all in one go, tries to get it done um, in an economic period of time. So I think that's how how the next album will happen. We'll, we'll record it all first, and then uh, and then think about how we're going to release it. But definitely, this sort of drip feeding idea is seems to be quite a good one these days. I know we're up on time. Was there anything else that I missed that you wanted to mention? Uh, obviously, we are super excited to play at cold waves it was one of those festivals that um, we only became aware of probably a year or two ago and were like hey that's a really cool lineup that looks like the kind of festival that we'd like to be playing so you know to have that happen um, this year is really exciting and um, of course we're not just coming over for the one show that's going to be the first date of our first headline tour. So we're on Cold Waves on the 23rd of September, and then we will have a tour that will run through to Absolution Festival in October, um, right through to, I think, the 1st of November. And I mean, hopefully uh, we will have a new album out before then, but um, I don't know, time is running away and um i've written enough material but um i'm waiting for adam to come and do his thing and he is a super busy guy so never know
On this episode, you heard Losing Touch, Bear My Soul, and Monsters. Empathy Test can be found at empathy-test.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Stromkern. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Paul A. Wood sharing one of his memories. He had this like sort of tough demeanor, but underneath that, I really do feel like there was this like deeply thoughtful, sweet, like very complex human. I look at these pictures of him, like sort of like some of them are like making metal signs. And, you know, there's this one behind the the soundboard where he looks just delighted. Like that was definitely, I think, Jamie's happy place was behind the soundboard. You know, we're we're in a 15 passenger van. We're on these long cross country jaunts. And I saw a lot of thoughtfulness that would, would come out no matter what the conditions were. And they were, I mean, like van tours can be pretty hard. You know, every picture I see of him sitting here, he's a little outside of what's happening, which is interesting. He's like an observer and a participant at the same time.